Amen. Anybody out there ready for the word of God? Let's go before the Lord in prayer today. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I want to thank you for what you are doing in the hearts and lives of the people already. Lord, as the, as the songs uh, began to be sung, Lord, and we lit a, lifted up your name and, Lord, remembered your goodness. And, Lord, I know that you are touching hearts and touching lives already. So we thank you for that work that you're doing in each and every heart. And, God, we ask that you would continue that as we look into the word of God. Father, open up our hearts, open up our minds to be able to perceive and receive, God. And, Lord, help us to receive in such a way, Lord, that you teach us how to apply it in our life. So, Lord, that we can receive the blessing that you have for us as well as becoming the blessing that you've called us to be in a lost and dying world. Father, we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in agreement with that said, amen. Well, it's good to be with you in the house today. If you brought your Bibles, I want to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, and I'll give you time to get there. I'm already there because that's where my notes were, so uh, I beat you, but that's right. It was a little bit of an unfair advantage. Uh, but at any rate, whatever Whatever you got, if you got your uh, Bible app or your Bible, go ahead and turn there. And as you turn there, um, let me just give you the title of the message tonight. It is Learning to Stir Yourself Up. Oh, look at some people already. They, they, don't, they don't need to hear anything else. They're ready to go. I like that. But learning to stir yourself up. And you know what? Tonight, I planned on opening a little bit different, but I just, I just felt impressed. Did anybody out there ever get a sense that the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you and directing you a little bit different than, than maybe what you thought? Well, I just felt impressed tonight to begin by um, kind of pointing out um, the seasons and the times that we're in. And um, in case you haven't noticed, there's a global pandemic going on. <laughs> now, I know you probably came to church tonight. You're like, I'm trying to get away from news like that, Pastor Joe. Doesn't the Bible have something else to say? Okay, and so I don't want to be the bearer of bad news tonight, but I do think that it's important that you and I begin to recognize the times and the seasons that we are in. Okay, so just in case you haven't recognized, and I know you have, right, there's a global pandemic going on, right? It just seems like around every corner there's civil unrest, right? You flip on the news. I mean, maybe those some of you who are watching online, you live in some of these areas that have just been, you know, torn apart by the turmoil. We, we just came out of one of the most polarizing uh, political you know, seasons that I, that I personally, I'm 37 years old, and maybe that's because I started politics just about 10 years ago, but that I can remember, one of the most polarizing, you know, times of conflict. Now today, I'm, I'm not here to get political, okay? And so I hope that you're not trying to read be between the lines and, well, Pastor Joe, he's a Republican, or Pastor Joe, he's a Democrat. I'm a kingdom independent. Can somebody say amen in the house, in the house today? But what I am trying to say is that it's about time that you and I get our minds off of the political, off of the turmoil, off of the, you know, the travesty and the things that are taking place, and we begin to realize what's happening in our day and age. What we are seeing and what we are viewing is we are viewing birth pains happening in the earth today. 
And the Bible says that there's going to be birth pains that take place leading up to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Bible goes further and, and, and begins to explain to us that, you know what, these birth pains, okay, they're only going to get more intense and they're only going to become more frequent. <laughs> Again, man, Pastor Joe, where's the good news tonight? Don't worry, I'll get there, okay? And actually, here it is right here. The reality is, is that even though there are birth pains, birth pains taking place in this day and in this hour. God has a plan for us, his people. He wants to use us to shine the light. He wants to use us to make a difference where the world is searching for solutions, where the world is searching for answers, where the world is searching for direction. God has called us, his church, to step out and display his goodness and display his glory. I like what the Bible says, through us defeat Use the fragrance of his knowledge here in the earth. I'm reminded of an Old Testament verse. It says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Can I say it like this today, church? Will the real church of Jesus Christ please stand up? Because this is what God has called us to do in this day and in this age. God has not called us to withdraw. God has not called us to back off. God has called us to step out and to use the very things that he has deposited in your heart and in, your, and in mine, in your, in your life and in mine. And so, uh, you know, I really felt like, you know what, it's time that we start talking about the times and the seasons that we're in. And to start, it's about time that we start, not that we haven't been doing it in the pulpit already, but here, in, I mean, in our personal conversations, you understand. Okay, and it's about time that we begin to understand, you know, uh, the Bible says that the day of the Lord, and, and, and again, tonight, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that the coronavirus and these things that are happening means that Jesus is coming tomorrow. We don't know the day or the hour. Okay, but the Bible does say to us that while the day of the Lord will overtake the world like a thief in the night, it shouldn't overtake us like a thief in the night. A lot of Christians go around quoting that verse wrong. Well, it's going to come like a thief in the night, not, hopefully not for you. And we may not know the day or the hour, but we should be able to read the signs of the times and understand that Jesus is on his way and there is a work to be done. And so it's not the time to withdraw. It's not the time to back off. It's not the time to succumb to fear, to succumb to uncertainty, to kind of get lost in all of the madness, all of the obscurity, all of the uncertainty that is taking place in our world. Today, it's time that we stir ourselves up and step out in what God has. Now, let me, let me see if I can bring this a little bit closer to home because um, for me personally, recently, uh, there was a couple of challenges that I was facing, okay? So we talked about coronavirus and stuff like that. Let's make it a little bit more personal tonight, shall we? A couple of, a couple of challenges I was facing, and I just, you know, you just kind of get in these, in these um, uh, maybe you could call it a rut, and just like, man, I don't know what to do about this. Like, this, I can't figure this thing out. In fact, I think one of them, uh, one of them I think I, I tried a couple things, and I just, you know, maybe I think the, the right word is I felt a little despondent. You, you know what I mean by that? Just kind of like, I guess this is how it's always going to be. I guess I just got to put up with it. And then this thought came to me. <clears throat> now, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was. This thought taking me. Now, now, hold on a second, because you're a pastor. And so if, if somebody else had the same challenges that you're facing or similar, what would you tell them? I said, okay, okay. Now, now, now notice what's happening here. I'm beginning to take myself out of, sometimes we've got to take ourselves out of the stuff. We've got to get our feelings out of the way. We've got to get our offenses out of the way. We've got to get, you, you, okay, okay, okay. 
So I, well, I, I thought to myself, I would probably tell him something like this. And I'd probably, you know, I'd probably tell him, you know, some things like that. And in fact, there's a couple of Bible verses that say that, and all of a sudden it dawned on me. It's not that I don't know what to do. It's that what God, the truth that God has deposited in my life, I'm not using. What God has given to me, I am not using. I am not putting to practice. I am not, as the scripture says, being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm not allowing his grace to have its flow through me. I'm kind of, you know, succumbing to this challenge. And so I want to say that again to everybody because I think it's so important that, that we understand that many times it's not that you don't have what it takes to make it through. It's not that you don't have what it takes to overcome your obstacle, to overcome your challenge, to conquer your mountain. It's simply the fact that what God has given you is lying dormant in your life. And when we find ourselves in a position like that, it's time to stir it up. And it's time to stir ourselves up. And so I want you're there in 2 Timothy chapter 1. I believe we're going to find some insights from this story uh, from this young man by the name of Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, there, says this, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Ooh, that's just, man, that just does my soul well to just read that. Okay, we can all go home now, right? I mean, it's just, it's just that good. But I want to point out a couple of things, and I want to kind of give you a little bit of the context of what's taking place here. Paul, obviously the great apostle Paul, has come along, and man, Paul the apostle has accomplished so much, but under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's He's helping this young man who's been called to ministry, this young man by the name of Timothy. Now, Timothy had a gift of God in his life. Timothy had something that God had deposited, that God had invested, that God had given to him, right? But Timothy was responsible as a young man to pastor the great church of Ephesus. Ephesus was a great church. Ephesus was a well-known church. Ephesus had some maturity about that church. In fact, some of the greatest names went through the church of Ephesus. Now, for just a moment, would you put yourselves in Timothy's shoes and imagine having to get up and preach at a conference, let's say, right after Pastor Jim or right after Pastor Dan or, you know, one of my favorites is is Robert Madu. You know who I'm talking about? You do you, boo-boo. I mean, the guy is just so animated. I'm like, okay, I'll do me. Me isn't half as cool as you, but I'll do me, you know? And so, right? And so, Timothy, what I'm trying to say to you tonight is that Timothy faced some, some challenges of insecurity. Timothy was intimidated by what God had called him to do. He was trying to pastor this great, this mature, great and mature church. He was trying to teach them. He was trying to lead them. And here he is, a young man. And because of his youth, he had insecurities. Because of his youth, he felt like he had credibility issues. And so, he, and so, and so, and so let me put it to you like this. Timothy, okay, because of his insecurities and because of his timidity, his, they, timidity and insecurity was getting the best of him and was undermining his gift. So much so that this gift that God had placed in him was not having its full expression and in many cases was lying dormant in his life. Are you following me today? Because of the timidity, because of the insecurity, 
because he felt like he had credibility issues. You know, uh, again, I, I put myself in his shoes. And I think I was just at a conference recently, and they had a young man get up there to preach. And during this young man's sermon, he mentioned that he was 24, and it kind of snapped in my brain. I was like, "What? You, how old are you? <laughs> what does this young whippersnapper have to say to me? Now, thank God we come to a good church that taught us it's not about old, it's not about young, it's not about black, it's not about white, it's not about male, it's not about female. It's about what the Holy Spirit has placed on the inside of us and makes us sufficient to be ministers of his. And it's about recognizing what the Holy Spirit is saying through the vessels that he is using. So I say all of that just to, just to kind of, you know, get us to begin to relate with Timothy's challenge, insecurity. Fear, as the Bible says it, was getting the best of him so that his gift was lying dormant or otherwise not having its full expression in his life. I wonder what things today are standing in your way. I wonder what things today are undermining what God has placed in your life. What, 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 what things are causing the gift of God in your life to lie dormant? The, the, the truth that he has deposited. Maybe, maybe tonight it's a directive of the Holy Spirit. Maybe tonight it's, you know, it's, it's, it's your zeal and it's, it's your passion that has seemed to wane because of the different obstacles that are in your life and, and in mine. Well... Paul's response to Timothy was, hey, it's time to stir up the gift. It's time to stir up what God has given and what God has invested and what God has placed in your life. Before I go any further, can I just make this suggestion to you that too much of what God has given is lying dormant in our lives. Far too much. I think if we were honest and we took an account, man, we have to say, man, there's a lot that God has invested. There's a lot that God has, has deposited, deposited, and I'm just not using it like I should be using it. So it's time to stir it up. How much better could life be? How much better could your marriage be? How much better could your relationship with your children be? How much more effective, how much more impactful could you be for the kingdom of God? Am I talking to anybody out there? I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stir you up a little bit and, and, and get you to lift your eyes a little bit higher than, been, than they were when you came in today to say, hey, you know what? It's worth stirring myself up. It's worth me doing an evaluation. It's worth me looking into, man, what has gone place in my life? I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that. How much more of a display of the glory of God would we find in our lives if we'd begin to stir up what God has deposited? Today, you may, you may be feeling like, you know what, I think that's good, Pastor Joe, but I don't really relate to maybe, you know, Timothy's timidity. I'm not a timid person. I'm a bold person. I'm a strong person. I'm a I'm a go-getter. I, I can get the job done. Okay, but maybe it's not timidity, but what is it? Maybe it's the workload tonight. Um, maybe you feel particularly attacked by the enemy in this season of uh, your life. Maybe today you feel like there is literally a person or a group of people standing in your way. I'm so thankful for the words of David. He said, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me round about. For you, O Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the one who lifts up my head. Uh, 
Maybe today it's an emotional or psychological thing. Maybe, maybe today it's a trial. Maybe today it's a temptation. Maybe today, again, you've just got lethargy on you, and it's time to stir up what God has given. I know I'm belaboring the point, but let me belabor it just a little bit, bit longer. <laughs> Sometimes we get stuck because we don't know what to do about a situation or a challenge or a mountain. Let's be honest. Sometimes we lack the understanding we need to accomplish what God has for our lives. And in those situations, we need to begin to search the scriptures. We need to begin to ask God, and we need to begin to ask for some help. How about that? I mean, there's a great body of, of pastors around here, a great body of, of, of believers at this church. Thank God for the rock, right? And, and, and there's people that God has placed in your life that you can go and you can say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm having this challenge. I, I don't really know what to do about it. And I believe that through the scripture, through prayer, and through one another, we should be able to, to, to take on anything, right? Okay, but then on the other hand, once we have received the truth, the insight, the empowerment that we need, rather than allowing external circumstances to move us into a place of inactivity, we must learn to stir up what God has given. Can I say it to you like this? Today, it is less about what you face and more about stirring up what God has deposited in you. Let me say that one more time. Today, it is less about what you face. Once you have received the truth, once you have the empowerment, once you've identified the gift of God on your life, whatever it may be, it's less about what you face and more about stirring up what God has deposited in you. It is less about what you face and more about using what God has given. Maybe let me say it a different way. Sometimes in life, we get so taken up with our challenge and our mountain, we forget about what God said to do about the mountain. So taken up with our problem. There's some Christians out there, you are so taken up the fact that Trump lost. I didn't even plan on saying that. You don't even know what to do. Good, Pastor Dan, you're going to have to clean this up later. I'm sorry, my brother. <laughs> so taken up with your merit. So taken up with the doctor's report. So taken up with these, with these different external circumstances. And we get so taken up with it, we forget what God has placed in our life and what God has told us to do about our situation. Now, in case you think I have taken this a little bit out of context, maybe I have stretched it just a little bit. But I think that there's some other things here that will solidify the point. What do I mean by that? This is what I mean. Yes, the scripture is specifically talking about Timothy's gift. But as I read over this recently, I began to see something else. And I heard somebody say recently, you know, there's people running around, I got a new revelation. I got a new revelation. Actually, it's been there the whole time. You just saw it. It's not a new, it's not a new revelation. This book is thousands of years old. But anyways, I happen to see something that I hadn't seen before is what I'm trying to say. So let's read once again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now watch verse number 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it just seemed to say to me, you know what? Not only was Paul trying to stir up Timothy's gift, Paul was also trying to stir up power, love, and a sound mind in Timothy. Right? Right, right. Hey, Timothy, you got this gift. Stir it up and stop operating in fear. 
because God hasn't given you a spirit. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. I don't know about you. When I read that, also, I, oh, yeah, I am powerful. Oh, yeah, I do have love. Oh, yeah, I can have soundness of mind. Paul's words stir me. How about you? Well, guess what I found? There are other verses in the Bible that show that you can stir power, love, and a sound mind. Can I go over them quickly with you? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1. There's some people turning in their Bibles, and I like that. And I'm going to turn there too because I can cheat off my notes, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn with you. 2 Peter chapter 3. Okay, I'm there. If you're there, say I. All right. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1. It says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle. In both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Did you catch it? Let me, let me say it to you like this. If you can stir up a pure mind, shouldn't you be able to stir up a sound mind? Come on, think about it. Think about it. Peter is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to stir up a pure mind in the reader, in the hearer. Right? If you can stir up a pure mind, shouldn't you also be able to stir up a sound mind? I submit to you, yes. In fact, if you want to stir up an unsound mind, just go ahead and watch the news for a few hours. Start thinking about all your challenges, all your problems. You know, the fact that your kids are going crazy. You don't have enough money to, 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 to pay your bills. And, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I think I lost my wallet. I don't know what it is. But just go ahead and give your mind over to your troubles. Give your mind over to your worries. And before you know it, you're not going to have a sound mind. You're going to have an unsound mind. But that's why the scripture tells us, brethren, whatever things are true and whatever things are noble, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there's anything virtuous and if there's anything praiseworthy, think about these things. And if you read that verse in context, it's talking about keeping the peace of God, keeping and maintaining the peace of God in your life. You can stir up a sound mind. My friend, did you know today that God wants you to have a sound mind? I feel this today. I, I think there's some people out there and that you are troubled in your life and you are overly concerned and you are a, a worry-filled person, but God wants you to have soundness and wholeness of mind today. I remember a long time ago, I was, I was at a church service and worship was just coming to an end and and, and, and as worship came to an end, it wasn't the pastor who got up and it wasn't the host who got up at the conference. It was, it was some lady, some woman minister. Can anybody out there say, thank God for female ministers? I can say amen to that. And she got up and she said, I believe I have a word for somebody in here. Now, before I give the word, she said, I just want to make sure that you understand that I already went to the pastor and, and, and asked him if I had permission to share this. In fact, I shared it with him and he said I had permission. So she's operating under authority. And she got up there and she says, you know what, there's somebody here and, and, and you have stood very well and you have enforced in your life the fact that by Jesus' stripes you were healed. Now that's been like one of my, that's been like one of my keystone verses in my life and the life I turn to anytime I have any symptoms of sickness in my body. And I've seen God do some great things in my life, in my son's life, in my family's life. She says, but you have forgotten that the Bible also says that the chastisement for your peace was upon him, and you need to start enforcing that too. 
and I realized that, oh my goodness, all this trouble, all of this weight, all of this concern, all of this worry, all of this despondency that I was going through, I need to begin to enforce soundness of mind because Jesus paid the price for me to have peace. What are we talking about? We're talking about not just stirring up the gift, but stirring up everything that God has given us. Soundness of mind. How about this one? How about love? Don't you know you're going to find it right here in in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24. It says, and let, okay, I'll give you a chance to turn there. Getting a little excited. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24. You can stir love up. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Ooh, we actually got an extra one there. Not just love, but you can stir up good works too. But let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now listen, if you can stir love up in somebody else, shouldn't you be able to stir love up in yourself? Right? That's what it's saying, that we, we should consider one another in order to stir up. I, I, Aaron's right here on the front row, and I should consider Aaron, and I should think about how can I stir love up in my brother right here, right? And he should do, and, and vice versa, right? Well, if, if God's asking me to stir love up in him, shouldn't I be also be able to stir love up in myself, right? Didn't Jesus say something like, um, you know, why don't you deal with the log that's in your own eye before you deal with the speck in your brother's eye, <laughs> right, right? We, we should be able to stir love up in ourselves, as well. Romans chapter 5 verse number 5 says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What's the point? God has deposited love on the inside. Now it's a matter of us stirring it up in our lives. How about power? I left this one last because, well, I guess it's the, maybe the more difficult one, but in James chapter 5 verse number 16, I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. What are we saying? You can stir up the gift. You can stir up a soundness of mind. You can stir up love. You can stir up the power of God in your life. James chapter 5, verse number 16b, it says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Prayer stirs up the power of God. Prayer stirs up the power of God. Um, okay, so we've said a whole lot. Let me say this. I think one of the things we need to say is that we are always waiting for external sources to stir us up. What's the point? What's one of the points tonight? That we are always waiting for external sources. We're always waiting for God to move. We're always waiting for somebody else to come along and bring a word of encouragement. And, 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 and thank God we have God as the Holy Spirit. He's the standby. He's the comforter. He does just that. He encourages us and he motivates. Thank God for, 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 for the spirit that the Bible says will never leave us. And will never, he'll be with us always, right? And thank God for one another. But a mark of maturity is when there are no external sources stirring you up and you're able to stir yourself up. A mark of maturity is when you and I are able to begin to stir ourselves up when nothing else around us seems to be stirring us up. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 6, we find this amazing verse. And, and let me just take a moment again to uh, uh, give you a little background of the story, okay? David, he's been run out of Israel. 
He's joined himself to the Philistines, not the Philippians, but the Philistines. Yeah, yeah, I know. As I was looking over this, I got to make sure you say that right. <laughs> the Philistines, okay? And uh, he's with the Philistines, and the Bible actually suggests that David was going to join the Philistines and go to war against Israel, okay? But then all of a sudden we find that the, Israel, or, sorry, the Philistines get a little, you know, insecure about, you know, they know his history, they know he's, you know, an Israelite, and they're like, ah, we're not sure we want to trust him. So they, so they kick him out of the army, so here David has been rejected by his nation. David has been rejected by this new group of people that has temporarily accepted him. And so he's headed back to Ziglag, the place where they allowed him to stay. What does he find when he arrives but that his wives, his children, and all of his possessions, along with the wives, children, and possessions of all of the people that have stayed faithful to him throughout this entire time, okay, have all been taken. And they have no idea where, where they've gone, or what's happened to them. And so we pick up the story here in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 6. It says, now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. He's been rejected by his nation. He's been rejected by the place that he's, you know, that he's found amnesty, if you will. And now the people that have been with him through it all, they're about ready to kill him. So what does it say next? That David threw in the towel and said, just do it quickly. Do what you got to do. And no, it doesn't say that. Let's try this again. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But the Lord came along and strengthened David to fight. Thank you, Pastor Dan. He caught it. Let me try that again. But God changed the hearts of the people and they encouraged David. Come on, man, you can do this. MVP, MVP. No. No, what does it say? But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. When every external circumstance was coming against him, David did not succumb. David began to stir himself up in the Lord his God. In fact, really, that, this, or encourage himself, this idea of, of, of strengthening yourself really means to harden yourself and, and to cling to God, to just say, God, you are the rock of my salvation. You are my high tower. God, your name is, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are saved. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. You've been faith, and he began to harden himself. No, I'm not going to give this up. God's going to show himself mighty on his behalf. And, of course, if you're familiar with the scripture, you know the end of the story. He gathers together his army. He goes after the army that took everything uh, from them, and he gets it all back. The wives, the children, the possessions, and then some. In fact, he got so much back that he was distributing around all the outskirts of Israel, just kept giving away because there was so much spoil. Can I give somebody a word of encouragement today? If you'll begin to stir yourself up, everything that the devil, that you feel like the devil has stole, you, the devil's going to have to pay and God's going to restore it to you in greater fold. That's my intro. Okay, so let's go through these points really quick because I promise I will. Stop looking at your clock. I saw that. You'll be fine. How to stir ourselves up. Number one. one number one today because I want to make sure that we don't just encourage ourselves to stir ourselves up, but we know how to do that. Okay? Prayer stirs us. 
We already read James 5, 16. Let's look at another one. Jude chapter 1, verse number 20. How do you stir yourself up? Prayer stirs us. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You can build yourself up and stir yourself up through prayer. It's about time we start to develop a prayer life. Come on, somebody. It's about time we stop letting Pastor Dan and Pastor Jess do all the praying. It's about time that we humble ourselves, that we get down on our knees and say, God, I need you. God, I know, I know your promises. And God, I believe that you can, you're able to make a difference in my life. God, God, I, God, I'm looking to you right now. And all of a sudden, you're going to begin to find the strength that you need to carry on. Come on. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they shall not faint. Prayer stirs us. How about this one? This is number two tonight. I told you we're going to go through these points. You're going to be just fine. You're going to get to get home. You're going to have dinner. You're going to have a nice little nice, uh, nice little night's rest. And then tomorrow you're going to get up and you're going to stir yourself up. And all the people said, amen. The word stirs us. The word stirs us. Let me take you back to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. In fact, you might, may still be there. Second, I still am. Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 1 and 2 this time. It says, it says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle. Which epistle? Which epistle? Second Peter. What's he also referencing? First Peter, right? I'm writing to you this second epistle in both. In both, first and second Peter, which we know is the word of God, right? In both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. He goes further, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. That's the Old Testament. You follow me today? And the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. That's the New Testament. The word stirs us. So just like we're talking about developing a prayer life, we also need to turn around and give priority to the word of God in our lives. Because the word will stir you and it will stir me. Listen, listen today, people. The Bible says that the word of God is living, it is life-giving, and it is powerful. And it will do in your life what no other power can do. We need to give place to the word. The word will begin to stir you. The word will begin to build you up. The, the word will begin to tweak you and cause you to become the overcomer that God has called each one of us to be. Place priority on the word because the word will stir us. Point number three today, take the time. Take, I'm sorry, taking the time to consider will stir us. This is an interesting one. Taking the time to consider will stir us. Again, we're here in 2 Peter chapter 3. In fact, let me just do this. I think I can do this a little bit quicker here. We read 2 Peter chapter 3, 1 and 2, right? We also read Hebrews chapter 10, 24. Okay? And then we, already, and we started with 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 6. It struck me when I read these verses how much the mind... And our mindset, our thinking was included in verses that talked about stirring ourselves up. You follow me? Your consideration, your mind. Remember we even started by saying if you want to stir up an unsound mind, just think about all your problems. 
But if you want to stir up a sound mind, it's time to think on whatever is true, noble, just, and so on and so forth. Right? Your thinking has a huge part to play in what you are stirred to and what you are stirred from. In fact, if you want to, to diminish the amount of temptation in your life, stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about the drugs. Stop thinking about the sex. Stop thinking about the garbage that the world presents. And it won't have quite, a, quite as much of attraction as, it, as, it, as you've been experiencing in your life. Are you following me today? So let me do this quickly, right? Second Peter, he said, I'm writing you to you these epistles to stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. By way, do we have that? Yeah, by way of reminder. Did you catch it? In fact, he goes on, that you may be mindful of the words. Look how much he's talking about our thinking. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24. And let us, look at this word, consider. It's talking again about our thinking. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 6. Now, I'm going to read, to you, I'm going to read this to you out of the Darby translation. I like it. It says, for which cause I put thee in mind to rekindle the gift of God which is in you. For this cause I put you in mind. Stirring has so much to do with our thinking. Now you may be asking yourself today, well, what am I supposed to think about? What am I supposed to consider? I'm glad you asked. Okay, here's some things to consider. You need to consider who God is. You want to stir yourself up. You need to take some time to consider who God is. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Come on, that stirs me. How about you? In fact, I don't know if Tiva's out there in the cottage. She sent me a song today. In fact, it was so good. I listened to it all day long. I sent it to my family. And in the song, it says, you are the undefeated one. You are my light and salvation. You are omnipotent. You are almighty. And when the wicked came to eat up my flesh they stumbled and fell because you are the God of the breakthrough and I thought man how could I be defeated when I serve a God like that and I began to stir myself on you and I need to consider who he is you and I also need to consider how to act on what God has given to us and what God has said can I say it to you like this you will never do something without thinking about it first. When's the last time you just walked into Walmart? How'd I get here? Right? Before you paint your house or buy a new car or whatever, you think about it first. We need to give our minds to, Timothy needed to give his mind to, how do I pastor? How do I teach? How do I lead? How do I set the example that Paul is telling me to set in, in, in purity and in love and these different things? You need to think about what God has placed in your life and how to act on that. That will stir you, right? I, 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 I showed my, I showed my, uh, anyways, this is going to take too much time. It's going to tell a story about my son. All right, let's move on. Consider God's faithfulness. Consider God's faithfulness. We don't have time to talk about it, but Sarah, Abraham's wife, when God made the promise you're going to have a son, she laughed. I'm just going to challenge you right now. I'm just going to say it. That wasn't a laughter of joy. That was the laughter of, <laughs> yeah, right. And that's why God was like, did she just laugh? No. Oh, she did. <laughs> yes, yes, she did. Just look at it in context and stop. All right, anyways. It's not a laughter of joy. She, but then she's in the hall of faith by the end of the scripture. You know what the Bible says? It says that when Sarah 
when Sarah considered God's faithfulness, she received strength, strength to conceive a son. When she considered that God, you know what? Everything he said has come to pass. Everything he promised, he's done for me and for Abraham. So why would I doubt him now? Okay, you want to stir yourself. Think about who he is. Think about how to act on what he said and think about his faithfulness. And finally today, and I promise I'm done, using what God has given will keep the flame burning bright. Using what God has given will keep the flame burning bright. Once you've got the flame going, it's time to use what God has given. If you don't use it, you could lose it. In fact, in we started with, uh, was that second... Timothy chapter 1, when the Bible says, stir up the gift, some of your translations actually say, fan into flame, because the word stir in the Greek literally means to kindle. It literally means to kindle, like a fire, but it also has this implication, if you don't give your attention to it, it could die out. Okay, now, now maybe today you've been sitting here, sitting for years and feel like you've just let things lie dormant. Well, listen, I, I want to encourage you that the, that the gifts and callings of Jesus are without repentance. Come on, it's time to start today to stir up what God has given you. So don't get discouraged, but I need you to understand, don't wait until things have gone out before you begin to try and rekindle the flame. And then once you've got the flame going, it's time to use what God has given. I love what 1 Samuel 10 Verses 6 and 7 say, this is Samuel the prophet talking to a, a king by the name of Saul. Now we know Saul did not end up well, but Saul did start well. And this is at the beginning of his life. First Samuel chapter 10, verse number 6 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another person. How many of you know that when the Holy Spirit shows up and you begin to act on what he says and what he's doing in your life, you move from a natural life to a supernatural life? Come on, somebody. You begin to start, start you, begin to, you begin to live on a different level than everybody else. You'll prophesy with them and you'll be turned into a, another man or another person. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. I want to close today by saying, let, let everything that God has given you have its full expression in your life. And every opportunity and every occasion that comes your way, do your best to step up, to step up, to stand out, and to, and to accomplish what God is asking you to do. Because God is with you. What am I trying to say today? I'm trying to say, use your gift. Use your love. Use your ability. Use your authority. Use your generosity. Use your joy. Use the word. Use your prayers. Use his power. Use his grace. Use your faith. Come on, people. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and do as every occasion demands because God is with you. It's time to stir ourselves up. If God spoke to you today, come on, can we give him one more great big praise offering in the house tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I want to take just a few moments before we close this service down, and I want to make sure that everybody here is right with God. Uh, listen, I don't know where you're at today, but I do know that there are, high, there are high stakes for the human life. And the Bible says that when you breathe your last here on earth, that you're going to step into eternity. Life does not cease to exist, okay? Life is, you don't just go back into the ground and, 
you know, decay and, that, and that's it. The Bible says that you are an eternal being, an eternal soul, an eternal soul. And um, when you breathe your last here on earth, you'll either go to one of two places for the rest of eternity, either a place called heaven or a place called hell. And let's be very clear tonight. Heaven and hell are both very real. And God has done everything that he can, everything in his power, other than violate your free will to get you to heaven. He gave his son. He sacrificed his son, the Lord Jesus, on a cross to die for your sins and for mine so that we wouldn't have to experience separation from God. But heaven is not an automatic. And you don't just go because God loves you and because Jesus died. You have to make a choice. And that choice is to give God all of your heart and all of your life. And until you make that decision, I want to love you enough to tell you the truth. You don't have part of God's family, part of God's kingdom. And when you die, you are not going to make it to heaven. Please hear me tonight. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to, you know, make myself better than you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. There's, there's a decision that you need to make because your eternity is at stake. And the last thing we want to do here at The Rock is to have wonderful services, sing some songs, hear a good word, clap, get encouraged, and then for you to walk out of these doors and God forbid something happened to you, a car accident, I don't know, your heart stops, I don't know, but you die unexpectedly and you find yourself in a devil's hell for the rest of eternity. Can I be very clear with you today? Because we live in a pretty perverted world. There's all kinds of ideas and perceptions and perspectives on what eternity looks like. And I've heard a lot of people over the years say, you know what, that's all right, I don't mind going to hell because I'm going to party with my friends. There is no party. Jesus was very clear. Hell is a place where the fire doesn't cease. Hell is a place where the worm doesn't cease. Hell is a place of outer darkness. Hell is a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell is an awful place. Awful. Absolutely beyond your imagination. And you don't want to end up there. And should you end up there, you'll be there forever. God's not changing his mind. There are no ways out. You've made your decision. Pastor Joe, if God is so good, if God is so loving, why would he do that? He, it, it was your call. It was your choice. And you're hearing the truth today. And you can either accept it or you can reject it. It's up to you. But at least I've done my job and I've let you know what the scripture has to say about life and about eternity. Today, will you give God all of your heart? Today, will you give God all of your life? It's your call. It's your choice. Now, let's be clear today because there's some of you out there thinking, well, that, that, I mean, you could say I got to give God all my heart. I got to give God all my life, but I'm a good person. You know, nowhere in scripture will you find that because you're a good person, that means you're going to make it to heaven. In fact, the Bible paints a very different picture of humanity. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, it goes further and it says all of our righteousness, that is good things, they, you know, that we've done, all of our good works, it's as filthy rags before the Lord. Whoa. If my good things are as filthy rags before the Lord, what does that say about my bad things? Let's not go there. Point is, you cannot be good enough to make it to heaven. You cannot be religious enough to make it to heaven. It's because you're in church today, just because you have a Bible, you have a cross or St. Christopher around your neck, you've been baptized, you, you know, you've served in the church. 
Again, the Bible's very clear. The Lord knows those who are his. And there's going to come a day when there's, there'll be those who stand before him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? L- let, me summarize for, let me summarize that for you. Didn't we participate in what you were doing on earth? You know what Jesus says? He says, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. No, he says, go from me. I never knew you. Those of you who practice lawlessness. Cannot be good enough. Cannot be religious enough today. Cannot hope your way. Cannot think your way into heaven. The Bible's clear. There's one way. It's God's heaven. You got to get there his way. And he's clear. You got to give God all of your heart. You've got to give God all of your life. A man by the name of Nicodemus asked Jesus these very things. Man, what do I got to do, Lord? I know that you're a man of God. And Jesus says, you must be born again. Again, summarization, you got to give God all of your heart. You've got to give God all of, your, all of your life. Born again doesn't mean that you're weird, some, you know, fanatic, crazy person swinging off the chandeliers. It just simply means that you've given God all of your heart, all of your life. So here's the question. Where are you at today with God? And have you given him all of your heart and all of your life? If you're honest enough with God today, and if you're honest enough with yourself, you would say, you know what? My heart belongs to me. My heart belongs to the things of this world. My heart does not belong to Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity right now to give it to Jesus and to make things right with God, to start a new life with him, be headed for heaven, denying your presence in the place called hell. So what I'm going to do is on the count of three, I'm going to hit my hand on this Bible just like that. When I do, if that's you, okay, who? Pastor Joe, that's me. I want to give God all of my heart. I want to give God all of my life. Okay, I want you to lift your hand up in the air. I'll see it, and you can put it right back down. To be abundantly clear, what you're saying by the raising of your hand tonight is, Pastor Joe, that's me. I want to give God all of my heart. I want to give God all my life. I'll see it, and then you could put it right back down. Oh, I might be embarrassed. Better to be embarrassed for a moment than to be in hell forever. Come on. Don't let the devil try and trick you out of this. In fact, the people in this room, we, 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 were, we are going to cheer and we are going to clap for you because we are so excited along with heaven that the truth, that you have received the truth, that you have embraced it, and now you're headed for it with Jesus Christ. So, so don't let the devil lie to you today, okay? You get your hand up. Jesus went and died on a cross for you, beaten, bloody, naked. The least you can do is get your hand up. Pray this prayer with us in just a moment. So if that's you today, I believe God is working on your heart. God is calling you home. This day, this hour, there's some hard hearts out there, and I know it. But God is ministering to you in this moment. And so why won't you just surrender to him? If that's you on three, come on, you slip your hand. Oh, wait, there's one, one other thing. Maybe you're here today, and you once gave God all of your heart, and you once gave God all of your life. But today you're doing more of your own thing than God's thing. Jesus said, when I come back, I better find you hot, I better find you cold, because if I find you lukewarm, what's lukewarm? Warm, a little in, a little out, a little up, a little down, occasional prayer here and there. You're not against God, but you're not wholehearted for God. Come on, you need to give God all of your heart and all of your life as well. Lukewarm people, okay, do not make it. So let's go for Jesus today. Let's leave lukewarm behind. Let's leave the past behind. Let's leave the sin behind. And let's join ourselves to him, headed for heaven, denying hell. If that's you on three, slip your hand up in the air. I'll see it. And you can put it right back down. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Let me see your hands. 
Let me see your hands in this place today. Thank you. One, two in the back there. One, two. Anybody? Three, four. God bless you. Four wise people. Anybody else? Five. Didn't embarrass them. Not going to embarrass you. They're still pointing over here. Five. Do we? Am I missing somebody? Five wise people. Anybody else? Anybody else tonight? Pastor Joe, that's me. I want to give God all my heart. I want to give God all of my life. If you're wondering if that's you, that's you. That's the Holy Spirit working on your heart. They're pointing over here. Thank you. God bless you. What is that? Six or seven? Six? Six in the house today? Anybody else? Anybody else tonight? All right, well, praise God for the six wise people in the building. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. And the six of you who raise your hands, I'm going to ask you to make a bold move. I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come right down here in front. Don't worry. There's plenty of room up here for you to be social distance. Our people up here, they've got masks on. You're going to be just fine. Okay, don't start your first few moments with God doing your own thing. You get out of your seat. If you need a friend to come with you, you come right down here in front. Come on, you come. You come now. It's going to be all right. You come now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is calling people home today. Precious tears. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have, come on, it's not too late. You come right now as well. You make your way down here right now as well. God is calling you home. Amen. Well, thank God for the six of you. Man, I'm so thankful for what God is doing in your heart because I know what this means. It means you're leaving the past behind. You're joining the family of God. You've got a future. You've got a hope. And you're going to end up in heaven with the rest of us celebrating Jesus, his goodness, and his love for the rest of eternity. And man, you're going to have a blessed time on the way. Hey, can I lead you in a prayer? How do, you, how do you actually get saved? How do you give God all of your heart and all of your life? Just like, you know, when I got married, I took my wife up to the altar and I said words to her. I said my vows. Well, today I'm going to lead you in a prayer, if you will, to say your vows to the Lord, okay? That is to give God all of your heart and all of your life. Now, why? Well, because the scripture tells us if you believe in your heart and you'll confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. I know you believe because you're down here. Okay, now it's a matter of just giving your heart, just from your heart, follow after me these words, and we believe that you're going to be in the kingdom of God, okay? Bow your heads, close your eyes, and repeat after me. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today, and I thank you for your great love for me, that you couldn't imagine eternity without me. So you sent Jesus, your son, to die on the cross, to pay the penalty of my sins. Today, Lord Jesus, I ask that you'd come into my heart, that you'd come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I turn away from those things and from the things of the past. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me yours. Fill me with your spirit. I thank you now. I'm a Christian. 
I'm a child of God. I am born again. You have my heart and I have yours. I am headed for heaven, denying hell. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God, you guys. Welcome to the family, okay? You are loved. Now, let me just say this. We've had lots of meetings recently. The best thing that you can do, okay, is to begin to make a commitment for the next year to be in church as much as you can, okay? God brought you to salvation because you were in a church service listening to some young preacher share the things of God with you, and look what God did. Now, here's my promise. In fact, here's God's promise. You keep coming back to church. You keep hearing the word. You keep applied in your life, and watch what happens, what God does in your life in a year, okay? Now, this is my friend, Pastor Joel. He's going to take you right back over there. It'll just take a few moments. He just wants to put some free literature in your hand, and then he'll let you go, okay? God bless you. Go ahead and make a left-hand turn. Follow him right over there. Come on, can we give God one more great big praise for these people? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Man, never get tired of watching people come to salvation. Well, hey, it's now time to stir ourselves up. Do we got another song? Oh, shoot, the band, the band went home? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm putting them on the spot, giving them a hard time. Hey, raise your hands to the Lord. Let me pronounce a blessing over you and you can be dismissed. Father, I just thank you for each one of your people today. God, I thank you that you have begun to stir them up. And God, help us to develop the maturity in our lives that we need in order to stir ourselves up in what you've said, in what you've given, what you're doing and want to do in our lives. Lord, we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord, today as we leave, we want to say out loud on purpose and in faith that the Inland Empire shall be saved. God bless you. We'll see you this weekend. for joining us online. What a blast getting to do church with all of you. If you just gave your heart to Jesus and prayed the salvation prayer with our pastor, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Here at The Rock, we wanna get you plugged in and set up for success as you start this new walk. In a moment, I'd like you to head to our Respond to God page so you can fill out some information and we can get in touch with you. We not only wanna send you some free material, we'd also like to get you hooked up with a friend who can help guide you through your new walk with Jesus. We have multiple friends available that would love to meet with you via a Zoom chat, a phone call, maybe an email, or any type of COVID-friendly interaction, they wanna meet with you. We have this wonderful little booklet called Welcome to Your Destiny, Easy Steps to a Successful Future with God. Now, if you live in the continental United States, we'd love to mail you this copy, this paper copy, and get it in your hands. If you don't live nearby, don't even worry about it. We also have electronic copies available in PDF format we would love to send your way. We also have this fun little comic book we'd love to send to any kids out there that just gave their heart to Jesus as well. This book is super fun. It helps explain their walk with God in a fun, age-friendly way that they can understand. So now what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to click on the link provided below. Now, if you can't find the link, it's okay. We're gonna send you to our webpage. We'd like you to go to rockchurch.com and click on the Respond to God tab in the bottom right-hand corner. This is gonna send you to a new page where we can get your information so we can send you a free copy of either one of these fun guys. And we can also get you hooked up with a great friend who will help you walk through these next steps. Well, it was so great hearing the word of God with you today. We can't wait to see you at our next service. And don't forget, God loves you and so do we.